Hey, what's good everyone? This is Vito Persian again, back here again. You already know what it is. The typical all things life. Here to discuss a new topic about just otherworldly things. Now, first things first, what I want to just get out of the way here is about the whole giveaway thing that I'm doing. So uh, I've already posted this on my social media, so I hope you guys got the chance to check it out. But as I've mentioned it before, I am doing a giveaway for the book that I've referred to a good number of times uh, called Unfuck Yourself. And I'll tell you what the qualifications are now, just so you guys are aware. Um, all you got to do if you're on Twitter, all you got to do is like, retweet, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're on Instagram, uh, like, tag two friends in the comments, and again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, uh, just a typical like, comment, and subscribe. So in terms of the giveaway, I'm going to announce the winner on Sunday at 12 p.m. And I will be reaching out to the winner myself. So I will contact you guys and just let you know if you won or not. And just so we can exchange contact information. But let's just jump right into it. I was hoping that this week I could have done a video for you guys, but it just didn't work out that way. Things have been kind of hectic on my side. But I'm going to try to get that out as soon as possible. I want to give you guys a visual to all these podcasts because I do normally do them slightly outdoors, as I've mentioned before. And it can be pretty fun just watching me doing my thing here. So what I want to discuss today is not typical to what I've done before. I want to just break down, and maybe I should say this before I even give an explanation. So if you guys don't know already, I did self-publish a book about four years ago called Acts of a Savage. It was basically a collage of poems and short stories that I put together to basically tell one story. It was just things I've written over time. I put it all together to, to explain this one story that you get to the conclusion at the very end. Um, and what I want to do is like, there's so many different ideas just because like everything's been written at different times. There's so many different topics and ideas that I cover in this. And I just want to take a few of them and just break them down and just kind of see what they mean. What are they about? Like just, you know, expand our mentality a little bit. So the book is divided into six different chapters. Um, it's kind of like the journey that I've taken basically to come to this realization of like what you want from life. But what I want to touch on first is the chapter that's that's titled evil, but it's spelled E-V-O-L, which is like the backwards form of love. Um, because one of the ideas that I had initially when I wrote this chapter was the idea that like love can be corrupt sometimes. Love can hurt. Love isn't this like beautiful, magical thing that always stays good. And if it goes bad, then it's not love. Because no matter what it is, love is still, even if it's hate, it's still all a form of love. And it all stems from the exact same place. And one idea that I had when it came to love was like, that's the foundation of life. That's the way that I view it. I've said this before, it doesn't matter whether you love someone, whether you love something, it doesn't really matter. Like love could be anything. You know, you could love life for all it is. You could love your car, you could love your partner, you could love an instrument you play. You know what I mean? It could literally be anything. And that's what I believe, like the meaning of life, I think it does revolve around the idea of love. If you don't have love or if you don't have hope for anything, then you're just this like this empty vessel. That's why looking at certain corporate jobs, um, not, I'm not trying to put anyone on blast, but if you look at like any corporate jobs and people that work in these fields, they tend to not really have a lot of personality. You know, they're very like one-minded, simple. They don't think outside the box. They don't think about anything else. They think this is what life is, you know? and. I definitely don't inspire to be like an empty vessel. Like, I feel like there's so much emotions, there's so much passion that you can give out. And I feel like we should uh, sh we should channel that energy and we should be able to like project that energy. So it's so interesting just cause like, I I've been going through this book and as I said, it's from four years ago. So a lot of this stuff is even prior to four years. It's maybe like five, six, even longer than that. And a lot of these, like they are pretty old. And when I go through them, it is a lot of like reminiscing about like what emotions you were going through and stuff when I did write these, write these things. Like 
I remember this uh this one. It's not really like a poem, but it is like just a piece of writing. It's kind of like a paragraph, and it's titled "Faceless Monsters." And I wrote it with the idea that like everybody here has to put on a mask when they go out in society, and no one is truly who they want to be. No one follows that dream. Everybody just has that initial dream, has that initial passion, and just just and then just pushes it to the side, and they pursue this like. This idea of a career, this idea of a job, where we think like this is what's going to give us fulfillment as adults, and people always try to act like whatever passion they had, whatever passion they had when they were kids, they act like it dies out. Then they act like it was just something that you had as a child. But you realize that some of the most happiest adults are the ones where they were able to channel that like childlike energy. I I. I don't know if I'll, I'll get to this today in regards to the book, but I did write this poem where it addressed like the idea of living off of your plan A, and what I mean by that is like that initial dream that we have as a child. No one's saying that you have to go and be an astronaut. You know what I mean? Like I, when I was like in elementary school, I wanted to be an astronaut. No one's saying that that's the be all end all. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is that you do have these initial like inspirations and drives and and ideas when you're when you're a kid because you don't think of it as like. Financial, you're not like okay. So how much am I gonna get paid? You're in elementary school. You don't really care about that. You know, you only care about like, listen, like, what is it that I feel like doing in life? You know, and of course, you're not even thinking it in that degree, but it's still something that just resonates with you, right? And some people see this as sports. Some people go and pursue sports. Some people go and pursue like education. Some people pursue like the arts. You know, but my fundamental idea is like live plan A. Every person that you see around you, majority of people, they're living their plan B, and it might not even be their plan B. It might be like plan C, D, or E. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not even their like initial thing that they want to live off of. They're basing their lives and their one life that they get off of this like second plan. It's not even their initial one. And you may ask like, well, why don't, why aren't people pursuing their plan A? You know, if it was this idea that like, oh. It's so great. Then why don't people do it? And I think it does have to do with fear. It does have to do with like the fact that it's not easy. And it's so funny because we pursue these careers and jobs as if they're easy. Realistically, they're not. They're still difficult. They're still hard as fuck to be able to even like go in Monday to Friday, wake up in the morning, not have a day, live for weekends. That's not easy. But we still choose to do it because what you know, maybe I've said it before. It feels secure. It feels safe. Yeah, but back back to what I was mentioning, like this whole faceless monsters thing. Let me just read you a part of this. I feel like let me, you know what? Let me just read you guys this. So it goes, faceless monsters of the world. No emotion through your body except the language of body. We wear masks to prevent the truth of our emotions to be known. A mask of happiness, of laughter, of calmness. But with a mask to prevent identity and cloud emotion through a faceless figure, what is really left? Nothing but your actions. If everyone was faceless, what would what would be accomplished? Would you be recognized? If you didn't have emotion-filled eyes, a spoken tongue of vocal cords and breath, would you still be you? You see mannequins with style and color, but no identity. So does our face give us personality, or personality to face? Take your mask off, and you'll find out that the layers deep corruption of society is nothing but your faceless mask. What's crazy, guys, is like this was one of the first things I've ever wrote. I've ever consciously sat down and actually written something. I remember I was working this one job where I was it, there was like a booth in the middle of a mall, and there were these like these sheets of paper that I had to to use to basically sell the product I was doing at the time, and I would literally like turn it over, be in my fields, <laughs> sitting in the middle of the mall, and I would just start scribbling and writing on this. And this was one of the most initial ones where like 
I just felt so much bottled up anger, so much bottled up emotions that I just felt like it had to be expressed in one way. And that's when I just slowly started to decide to put all that on paper. It's so interesting when I'm going through this and I'm just flipping the pages and I see like, this also resonates with what I saw on Twitter the other day that like, pain really does instigate a lot of action. Like without pain, would there be a greater um, reason for you to change something? And that's a rhetorical question. The reason I say that is like, there's this idea that chaos brings creation. And I'm not trying to get religious on you guys or nothing like that. But if you really think about it, when, when there is chaos, when everything does get broken down and destroyed, it does make room for you to grow. I'm not saying go pursue chaos, but I just want you guys just, just take in this idea. I used to think that like, I, I, I would put out my best work, whether it's, you know, just creative things, whether it's like poems or anything, when there was a lot of chaos in my life. And the interesting thing is, is that as we grow older, we build this like wall around us that we define as our personality, right? Everything's just bottled up, everything just inside us. And this is like, this is why when someone comes in and, and attacks your, an idea or something that you believe in, it's so difficult to sit back and be like, you know what, you're right. Because for so long, you're, you've built up this idea on why it's right. And when there's chaos, these layers or these walls that we put up get completely destroyed. We no longer have that ability to like stand up for ourselves and be like, no, but that's not true or fight back. We just literally like get pushed back and we get pushed into a corner. And then the outcome of that, what comes out of it, in my opinion, is this like beautiful creative energy. And it sucks because I don't know if they're, I'm, I'm personally myself still trying to find out that balance between not having to physically go through something to be creative, but just being in that cons that mindset of creativity consistently. And one thing that I want to say, guys, if um, I'm going to actually start putting my book out, out there again and, and making it available uh, to be bought, I only have physical copies of it. So I'm, I'm going to I have to figure out a way to kind of put this all online. Um, if you guys are interested, definitely reach out to me. I do have a good number of copies left. Um, what I want to do, what, what I want to just share with you guys is the fact that throughout this entire book, there's a lot of sexual references. There's a lot of poems about sexuality. There's stories about it. And the fourth chapter of the book, it's called Revolt. And this was a time in my life where I was starting to wake up and see all the issues with society. I was like in my early 20s. I was in college at the time. I remember when I was putting this book together. And I had this idea that like when it came to art, when it came to writing, just art in all forms and shapes, that there has to be a revolution in there. And I don't mean a physical revolution, I mean just the, a mental revolution. I want to just take a quick side note here, guys. I was um, I was watching this, this uh, interview last night um, with a friend of mine. It was extremely interesting because it was a... Uh, it was by this um this this writer from New York, this journalist. Uh, her name is Mona. Um, she's this Egyptian American uh, journalist and writer, and she basically touches a lot on women's issues and Muslim political and social affairs and things like that. And she she does have a book coming out. It's called The Seven Necessary Sins for Women and Girls. And just to kind of put this in a nutshell, it was it was about female rights in the Arab community. And what was so interesting was like she was so well-spoken she was so well-educated she knew exactly what she was talking about and 
if I can find the link that I was watching it on YouTube, I'll definitely share it with you guys so you can check it out. Um, it, it just resonated so well with me, everything that she was saying. Because this idea of about like revolution that I was just talking about, what I'm really referring to here is like when there's, I'm not even going to get into it because I know it can get extremely political. But when when women in, in, the, in these countries, they don't have a lot of rights to like very basic things like divorce, marriage, things like that. And when people continuously deny it, People will work harder to find excuses on why there is something right, like why there's nothing wrong with it. Instead of using that energy to find out why are we addressing this? Why is this wrong and what can we do to solve it? And she she really did inspire me because that energy that she brought into this interview, I felt like we should all, we shouldn't sit back when we have something that we believe in and we have something that we truly are passionate about. Don't sit back, don't shy away from it. Just because someone wants to fight you on it and say like, oh, this isn't right, or no, I don't think you should be doing this. I don't think you should really like sit back and actually believe it. I feel like, of course, it's harder for you to stand up. Of course, it's harder for you to feel neglected, to feel like you're the one that's, you know, left out. But at the end of the day, you guys, that's something that you're gonna have to go through. If you're passionate about something, you have to go through the hardship. You have to go through these, 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 for the lack of better words, ignorant people that can't put themselves in anybody else's shoes. That can't look at it from anybody else's perspective. And this chapter about revolt or called revolt, it had to do with a lot of like self-doubt and inner fights and issues with myself because it was to a point where I was slowly starting to become more independent as I was getting into like my young adulthood life. And there was a lot of, as it says in the next chapter, lack of symmetry. And I was really just trying to come to grips with like, who am I? What am I really trying to do in life? Why am I doing this? You know what I mean? These, these initial questions that you truly ask yourself. And All Things Life has truly been like a beacon of life for me because it showed me like what I'm capable of. What is it that I can really do in life? You know, I've always said this to whoever just asked me about the book. It makes me feel that even if I'm gone and even if like a hundred years, even 50 years down the line, one person that potentially was in my shoes and in, in my position could pick that up and, and, and read it and take something away from it. That's why I really like doing these podcasts. You know, I always say that because I feel like I can give back. I can people can actually listen to and hear what i'm actually saying and take something away from it but once again you guys already know who it is it's Vito persian i hope you enjoyed this episode um it wasn't really about just one topic i know i did kind of go through a lot of different things but also um make sure you guys do what you got to do for that giveaway and you know it was an inter very interesting book for me because it did open my eyes to a lot of different things and it was in such a short time span i kind of put it down for a little bit and finished the the ending part a little later but it, it still it still resonated very well with me i hope you guys whoever does end up getting it hope you guys do enjoy it and once again check me out next week you already know who it is